It's about to go down with Mark and Kathy, a live coaching show about dropping ideas. Mark and Kathy coach and have conversations with brilliant idea creators who are reimagining the world through the expression of their words, thoughts, and actions. Hey, everybody. I am Kathy Armias. And I am Mark Williams, and welcome to another episode of It's About to Go Down. We are joined today by the Scott Mason. This man's got so much energy, you better just hold on to your seats and wait for all of this energy to hit you in your face. Your mind is going to be blown by a gentleman who calls himself the Myth Slayer. He is a speaker. He is a transformational coach. He is an author. He is a podcaster. And he is the one who's going to be steering this conversation today around this idea, mm. around how we can monetize and magnetize our professional freedom. Mm. I love that. Mr. Mythslayer, Scott Mason, talk to us about this whole idea about monetizing and magnetizing our present professional freedom. Why are you talking about this? And why are you the one talking about this? Boom. First of all, I got to just start by saying, Mark, you talk about me having energy. And then you come on right? all low energy. Like, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I, you got Look, I got to slay a myth inside of you. <laughs> and I could ever have that He's level got of you, energy. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> He's got your number. <laughs> Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I am I am just so happy to be here with you and Kathy today, Mark. It's just wonderful. So why this idea? Let me start by saying that the most powerful transformational ideas that anyone can have, in my opinion at least, are those that they have experienced themselves. There's no one better positioned to explain how any man, woman, or anyone else could become a hero than someone who has had to get on that ship, sail against the sail against the waves and and against the headwinds, face the monsters, slay them, go to the underworld, and then climb back up with a revelation than those that have been on the journey. Why me? Because I've lived it. I've lived decades, and I'll be frank with y'all, wasted years of my life living out an experience professionally that was tantamount to just being in chains and psychologically miserable. Mm. I made it out. I, I swam through the waters. I've crawled out and I've made it through and I'm living that life. I like it so mm. much. I want others to experience it. And I know what it feels like to be on the other side of the shore. And that, my friend, that's why me. Hmm. Nice, nice, nice. Um, and I was going to ask you about the whole myth slayer, but I mean, it's clear somebody. <laughs> Teeing up the myths and slaying them. <laughs> God, I love 
love this. Um, I, I, I absolutely love what you said and how you, you know, the base of this entire conversation mm -hmm. is like that people are going to have their best ideas. They're going to have their best work, their best success, the things that they've experienced. And you have mm -hmm. experienced both sides of this. And it's so cool that you're helping other people. So where do we start? Like where, where do we start in this process with this idea? I think that one of the things that is worth perhaps discussing is how exactly do we get folks to understand if it is a concept that's alien to them, what professional freedom is, and then how uh, they could begin to utilize the slaying of myths to help them get there. You know, Kathy, during my many years in which I was living a professional life in large organizations that I didn't really fit into uh, and in which I wasn't appreciated and felt slapped down. And in my case, I was even at one point told by uh, a boss in front of my staff and colleagues that I should commit suicide, mm. that, that there was a possibility that I could live a life that was free. I, I was so deep in the dungeon. I was so far down in Tartarus that I couldn't even imagine that there was an upper world. And so people out there, I suspect, may not be able to imagine it. Mm. How do I get them to a place? How can we get them to a place in which mm. they begin to imagine? How can you see light? You've forgotten what it looks like. Wow, that's deep. Mm -hmm. My wondering already is, and I don't even know how we answer this question, how many people out there can relate to being in a place that deep? What has been your experience? What has been your observations? Because I know, as you said, you want to be able to help a lot of people. And from knowing you, you've helped a lot of people. Mm. So how common is it to be that deep? I have to believe that on some level, it's quite common. And there's two reasons for this. One of which is more data-centered, one of which is more personal. So let's start with the data, because the data is a little bit more boring. The data <laughs> says that since the pandemic, this is being recorded in December of 2022, and one of the big uh, employment phenomenons, phenomena that has occurred this year has been the great resignation, people quitting left and right. And in some sectors, city of New York government and state of New York government in particular, there have been news reports that have said that this great resignation has been so dramatic that there are entire government agencies that can't function because everyone's quitting and they, they can't hire them. The shifts in workplace expectations with regards to salary, working from home, and treatment by leadership have shifted so much that unless organizations are extraordinarily fleet-footed, 
they may not be able to keep up. Well, why are they not being able to keep up? It's a, it's a supply issue. The supply of available workers are running everywhere as much as they can. Then you had phenomena like on TikTok where people were celebrating their resignations and saying goodbye to abusive bosses, a lot of times without anywhere to go. And so that says to me from a purely data perspective that this is a problem. The other thing that I will say that's more personal is it's my tendency to believe, and I would be curious as to both of your thoughts about this, frankly. Mm. If one person experienced it, zillions of people experienced it. As narcissistic as any of us might be, the cold reality is that none of us are all that special. All of us have been through things that other people have been through. And I'll just share a brief story that says the extremity of this. Uh, you know, I worked for New York City government for 20, nearly 20 years. And I had a meeting one day at around seven in the morning. And after that morning meeting was over, I went for to get to a diner across the street here in New York City to get some breakfast. And as my feet were about to step into the sidewalk because the light had turned green, I looked to my right and there on the curb was one of those steel morning coffee stalls where uh, it was on wheels like a truck. And a man was inside, he was there every morning with a huge smile on his face, handing a woman on the sidewalk, a cup of coffee in exchange for 75 cents. And, and Kathy and Mark, I'll never forget looking at him. And inside, I just felt nothing but hatred, hatred and envy of that man. Why? He was smiling. He was smiling. Wow. I remember feeling, how dare he feel joy? How dare he smile? What in his, what's his problem? I could not have been the only one. Maybe I was the only one who was reacting that way inside. I hope in a way that I was, but I don't believe that's the case. I think a lot of people probably feel that. It might not be that exact situation, but who are so far gone that the thought of pleasure of someone feeling happy is something that either they shut off from or that they actually would hate another human being. And let's face it, all you need to do is go on Instagram or TikTok and you see haters. There's a lot of people out there. That's, that's why I think personally, this issue is quite common, Mark. Hmm. Wow. What a story. Um, yeah. You know, Scott, when you were talking, I was thinking too, I mean, life is so fluid, right? For many of us, there's going to be yeah. moments where we might feel these extreme feelings of hopelessness or loss or despair or how you describe not being able to imagine something. And when you said where we kind of start is at the imagining, it really made me think too, <laughs> tying it to the guy with the big smile, you know, handy, you know, giving coffee to people 
for his his work and and how much joy it must have brought him to not mm. have the job that stressed him out isn't that from the beginning such a subjective thing right so you're probably trying to help mm. people and, and you said it like you have to first determine what freedom means to you yeah. how, what it was it really really mean to be free and are you really free i would even ask yourself <laughs> you know mm. in some scenarios um but i like i like i like that as such a powerful I don't know, it's just such a powerful start to the, to where you start, because it's like, first of all, what does it mean to be, you know, what does freedom mean to you? Does that mean mm -hmm. just being able to make your own hours? Is it, is it the financial piece? Is it the family piece? Is it time? Is it location? Somebody might not mm -hmm. want to live in New York. I mean, I'm not saying that <laughs> I'm not going to talk Watch to two New Yorkers. Watch and say... <laughs> it. I don't know any of those people. I know. I know you don't. I know you two don't know any of those people. And, but you know, it could be, it could be any of these things. Right. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, I love, I love this when, when you yourself got to that space where you were feeling hate and ang anger and angst and stuff, what did you imagine? What were you, what were you imagining as your, your ticket out or your, your different life, I guess. I couldn't imagine. Mm. I went to a career counselor because I sensed something was gravely wrong. And I felt, I remember telling her, I felt like a deflated raft mm. on a, uh, in, in the ocean next to a rocky cliff with mm. really tumultuous waters tossing me around. But without that, ability to float, I was inevitably circling down into a drain. You know, what was weird about it, and I also suspect this is something that more people than just Scott Mason experience. At that time, I had a job that was almost unbelievable. I mean, I, at least externally, I had very good pay, especially for government. I had an office that's bigger than my entire apartment that I live in. It had its own walk-in closet, a coffee table with books on. Yeah, it was like waste to ceiling windows overlooking the Hudson River. People, if I said my computer needs attention, for instance, people dropped everything they were doing and got to that office to make sure that I, I had my computer fixed in that moment. Ideally, it seemed perfect, but it was awful awful and and so i couldn't even imagine i just knew that something was wrong. now just last night kathy i will say i spoke to someone who was ready for a transition uh who is retiring who seemed to have a better sense that she needed to shift but i wasn't at that place yet i was or i, I guess or i wouldn't have seen the career i wouldn't have seen the career counselor so maybe even identifying well how do i know that the person is how do if if I'm that person, how do I translate that sense that something is amiss into I need to slay some myths that are keeping me living as that person who hates someone just because he's smiling when he gives up a coffee? Pretty pathetic. <laughs> I, I'm just like I, thinking about this. It's embarrassing. <laughs> and yet it's fascinating, right? Because as you set up that story, when you got to the part where you said you hated him, 
that story took a turn. I don't know about you, for you, Kathy. That yeah, story no, it took, took a, a turn. It, I was like, what? What? <laughs> um, and, and that's what I find so fascinating about it as a potential, you know, segue or or, or mm -hmm. access point in to your entire message because it's it's just a, a a person walking down the street. We've all seen people selling coffee on the street, mm -hmm. what have you. Um, and then to get to that point where you explain that it's hatred and what I wrote down in my notes is, but it wasn't hatred, right? Mm -hmm. the, it, it wasn't about hating another person. Yeah. It was about, and I don't even want to say it's about hating yourself, but it was, there was a despair. There was, there was a feeling of being shackled. I love the way you visualize Talk about metaphors, the deflated raft on mm. the cliff, mm -hmm. the inability to float going down the drain. Um, that then self-reflection that then took you to somebody to have a conversation. I think that helps to explain, you know, what 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 professional freedom is not. Mm. Mm -hmm. And as we talk about what it's not that makes me think about the myths, right? And it makes me think, I guess there were some myths that were in your head. Oh, yes. Took you to that place. Yes. And, and I'm curious about what those myths, as the myth slayer, what were those particular myths that people who are feeling that same way need to be aware of? Yeah. So I'm going to step back a little bit, and I, I was experiencing multiple myths. And this situation, although not the only one in my life, was probably the most dire in that I was living out all of the myths that I'm about to describe to you. So I've studied and been a fan of, an addict, all of these things of Greek mythology since I was nine years old. Hmm. Everything that I could read about relating to these stories I have since I was a child, I'll never forget the first uh, second that I saw a book on Greek mythology when I was nine years old. I was electrified, and that cover image has defined who and how I view myself, the avatar that I have, ever since. No. I just turned 28, so it hasn't been that long. <laughs> just kidding. But that being said, <laughs> studying this stuff. You know, just for three or four years. I well, when uh, you had, said 75 cent coffee, I was like, mm, okay, when was this, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't mention that I had gone to work that day in a covered wagon now, had I? Right. I was like, huh, you ate very well. <laughs> right. <laughs> so after a lifetime of studying these, you realize that myths, particularly Greek myths, which is what I focused my interest on, can be broken down into a number of different genres. And some of these myths are positive. Some of them, though, are negative or they're cautionary tales. There's five types that I've identified that I call toxic myths that I was living out and that people tend to live out. And I'll briefly explain what each of them are. Mm. First is the tragic origin myth. That is when the circumstances of your birth dictate your life outcomes. Oh, I was living that one. Number two, the social myth. When you do things because of social expectations. Everyone in my family told me, Scott, you need to be a lawyer. Okay, I'm a lawyer. Oops. Mm -hmm. 
Number three, the ritual myth. The ritual myth occurs when you confuse the explanation for a series of actions with a justification. I was traumatized as a child. Therefore, I will traumatize others. I was traumatized as a child. Therefore, I will live my life repeatedly traumatized are examples of the ritual myth. Hmm. The underworld myth is one in which you are living in spiritual, emotional, or intellectual darkness without any hope of ever leaving, just as when in Greek mythology, you died with very limited exceptions that are relevant to this conversation. You drank um, water that would cause you to forget who and what you'd been in the upper world, and you were left wandering as a zombie-like shade for all eternity. That's the underworld myth. Then finally, there is the apocalyptic or doomsday myth, in which you believe that everything that is going on in your life is ultimately a predicate to catastrophe. So I was living out all five toxic myths, and I had to slay them in order for me to begin to write better myths and to understand how one could arrive at a positive myth and the roles that one needed to play in life in order to have that positive myth. Does that even begin to answer your questions? Oh, yeah. It's super fascinating. <laughs> yeah. You know, Scott, that I, I love that you use Greek mythology as the backdrop. And I love that you've been a fan since you were nine and just just 20, you know, 20 something short years. It's like Thank you. <laughs> 19, right? 19 years, not even 20. Um, yeah, you're 28, right? Um, oh, oh, not a day over. <laughs> you look that way. Um, five, five myths that you just mentioned, these toxic myths. They're, they're, they're great because they're like themed, right? I wonder if people start thinking about very specific things that they like, is that helpful for them to think about something specific and then try to group it into, into some theme, right? Like I'm the middle sister. I'm the middle sibling. I don't have the... (laughs) I, I wasn't the first one to get everything and I wasn't the baby. I was the one in the middle or what, you know, whatever, whatever the circumstance. Um, yeah, it is interesting. When I work with clients, I, the very first exercise that I have them do is to read about these myths. There's a little book that I have that explains what they are. Yeah. And I um, have them write out myths and then attempt the toxic myths that are governing their own experience and then have them tie into mm. the toxic myths. Now, most clients get into that quite quickly. There are some that have problems making the conceptual leap. And a lot of times the challenge then is figuring out, well, is that because you're blocking the under your own understanding of what the myth is because you want to hold on to it or is it because you're not getting what i'm saying Mm -hmm. either of those are possibilities and you know as you can imagine either of those create wonderful opportunities for me to grow change and shift in my profession Mm -hmm. i i i got a question for the people who difficulty understanding the concepts and not necessarily because they're blocking anything, but right. just because they're they're struggling to understand what you mean and they don't have 
the documentation that you probably share with them up front. Yeah. I'm talking about the audience that's sitting in front yeah. of you as you are standing on the red circle for your TED talk, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you explain the concept for those who don't get it? What a great question. My attempt to explain is that myths are stories, stories that create an identity. Mm. Now, the reason why I say that is there's a whole body of literature, which I, I don't get into when I'm having a conversation with someone during a client discovery call, about what is a myth? What is mythology? Is it a group of stories that were poetic inventions? Were they religious stories? Were they stories that were moral transmitters? The best definition that I've been able to read as to what mythology is, is that it, it is a group of stories that defines the identity of a people. Mm -hmm. They resonate because they speak to the individuals within people. Greek mythology has lasted for probably at this point four to 6,000 years because it resonates with a wide variety of people across cultures. Although we call it Greek mythology and that's the location that it originated in, it really is world mythology at this point. Everyone knows at least something about it. No one has never heard of Greek mythology, no one. And so if we think about mythology as the markers, the stories that define the identity of a people, if we narrow that down to the individual, the story, a myth, a personal myth, is the story that defines the identity of you, Mark, you, Kathy, me, Scott, Jane, Joe, whoever schmo that might be listening to or watching this amazing show, uh, those are their personal myths. Mm -hmm. mm. Oh, Scott, this work is so good and, and deep. I'm just curious. I'm going to, I'm going to pull it back for a second. Cause I have a question to ask you if you were giving this in a Ted talk and you had this, like you're, you have a 15 minute talk. Yeah. What's the thing that you're trying to get? What's the thing that you're trying to ultimately get to? What do you want the person to get to? Wow. Uh, what a great question. I would want them to get to the idea that the stories that they have been telling themselves that have trapped them mm. can be categorized and with that categoriz categorization understood changed mm. mm -hmm. so they can be free so they don't have to experience I, and I understand what you're saying, Mark. It wasn't really hatred of him. I didn't know him from Jack. He'd done nothing to me. But to feel like you hated a total stranger just because he was giving someone a cup of coffee with a smile. Oh, I mean, you would have hated Mark Williams if you saw him on the street then. <laughs> there would be a whole lot of hatred coming his way. <laughs> totally. Mark, don't ever <laughs> smile around me again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love Mark. I don't know about you, but I love this idea of, cause I think everybody, I think it's such a 
everybody in the entire world, even taking kids, like go down to a level where kids, kids, kids actually probably believe in myths. Like they, I mean, it starts at childhood, right? You believe something about yourself. You believe it, you believe it. Um, sometimes you believe great things about yourself and then it gets squashed somehow. And then you, mm. and then you don't have, then you have these bad toxic myths. Um, and I'm guessing over time they, they can shift and they can change. I feel like yes. Scott, the first thing is even just being aware that your identity is closely related to the stories that you tell yourself yeah. and just even knowing that, which is very clear to you, but not very clear to the everyday person that's living their life going, my job is great. I have a, you know, this should be, my life should be great. Why do I feel so miserable? Well, it's a good point because look at how long it took us to drill down that sentence right. during this conversation. Yep. Right. That's a, that's a great point, Scott. That's a really great <laughs> point. That's a really great point. You know, you know, it also reminds me of this and Kathy, you know, you and I talk a lot about storytelling. We've talked to a lot of people about storytelling. This line that myths are stories that create an identity mm -hmm. really resonated with me because people tell stories all the time. And sometimes we tell stories to entertain or sometimes we tell stories to educate and share a lesson, you know, um, for other or moral. But thinking about the your own personal stories and how they have shaped your identity. And then the next level of thinking about the story that you've been telling yourself or telling other people that have, and I'm going to use this language that you used earlier, Scott, that have trapped you. Mm. Yeah. I'm very intrigued by that. Getting people to think of the stories that they have told that have trapped them. And, yeah. and this is so related to the question that you phrased earlier, Kathy, which is, what does it mean to be free? Are you free? And then I wrote down, what are the myths about yourself that are keeping you from being free? Mm -hmm. you know? um, so I, I, I find that to be very interesting. And I think for, for those who might get lost in, in the world of mythology, and I agree with you, I don't think there's anybody who doesn't know mythology at this point. Um, when you break it back down to, to what'd you call it, a discovery call? Yeah. That was interesting. Um, a discovery call or an identity myth um, was very interesting. I'm really wrapping my head around that. There's, it's interesting though, first of all, I wanna just thank you both uh, in the middle of this conversation, and I'm sure I'll thank you again at the end, for being such incredible conversationalists. That needs to just be stated. Everyone who's listening to this or watching it knows this, and all your show's fans know it. But hey, people like to have their points of view reinforced, so they're going to get it reinforced right now. But in any event, it's interesting. I just want to throw out in terms of what you just said, Mark, one of the things that I believe most strongly that my clients need to understand taking away from the lens of mythology as a transformational tool, and this goes back to the idea of what is freedom, is that their goal should not be, as many people clichédly assume when we start to talk, that they will become a hero. Now, 
because of a very famous scholar whose work, by the way, is quite controversial, but the, he's really captured the public imagination by the name of Joseph Campbell. A lot of people understand mythology purely as a vehicle for telling something called the heroic journey, which is a particular mythical arc. And so you hear people all the time saying, I'm the hero, I'm the hero, I'm the hero. Again, his work is very controversial amongst those that study this, this area. But I will say this, hero is a transitory phase. You do not, you're not a hero for the rest of your life. You mm -hmm. are a hero, a heroic journey begins, and then it ends, either mm -hmm. tragically or triumphantly. Mm -hmm. Now, thinking about Greek mythology specifically, not about any other particular uh, society's myths. When a hero accomplished their goals, if they accomplished it successfully, they experienced something called apotheosis. Apotheosis. I mentioned earlier, when you died in Greek mythology, you drank from this river and you lost all of your memories and identity <laughs> and wafted around as a shade in the underworld for eternity. But, but if you were a successful hero, you were given a special dispensation. You went to a place called the Isles of the Blessed, where you retain your memories and your identity forever. And in fact, you could even travel back to and from Earth. And if you were really, really special, you were translated into an Olympian deity. That's what apotheosis is. And so I urge my clients to have as a goal being an Olympian. Olympians were fully self-actualized. They dealt in creation. They were, and no one would argue with this, empowered. And one other thing, they demanded tribute and respect. You didn't, my personal Olympian avatar or is the sun god Helios. You didn't cross him unless you liked the idea of every plant and everything in creation dying. Mm -hmm. You didn't cross Athena unless you wanted to be turned into a monster. You didn't tick off Zeus unless you liked the idea of a lightning bolt hitting the very top of your scalp and killing you instantly. They demanded respect and they got it. And to me, part of what freedom is, is embodying all those things. It's embodying creativity. It's embodying the ability to fully actualize in the world. It is embodying the ability to command respect because part of what people are suffering in these organizational environments where they're miserable is a lack of all of those things, of autonomy, of respect. I mentioned earlier, I had a boss tell me, um, and I'll quote, this is a dramatic story, but people need to hear it. Uh, it I had a boss tell me uh, in front of my, like I said, my staff and my peers, that I was so stupid that I should buy a gun and point it to my head and inside my mouth and just shoot. Now, People suffer that. I didn't take it like an Olympian. And if I had been Olympian, she wouldn't have dared to say that. I needed to change. And I want my clients to experience that as freedom. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. 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 Wow. I, um, 
Scott, it's so, uh, it's so good. And there's so much there. I, I want to keep going back to this thing that, uh, for me, like when my brain's like trying to process everything you're saying, I I'm, I think you were going there too, a little bit, Mark, I go back to the person that's hearing this for the first time. And it's like, Whoa, <laughs> that's a lot. So how do I bridge, how do I bridge yeah. that, that normal person that isn't in that space? And, and, and there's a lot of great things here. And I, and one of them that stuck out to me a little bit too, was like, what's trapping you and what are you trapped behind? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, that's something that, I mean, you could start, I feel like starting with those steps with people is, is a great place to get people to think if you're trapped by anything, what are you trapped by? Why, yeah. why wouldn't you be able to move from the town you're in? If you wanted to, why wouldn't you be able mm. to have take another job? Why wouldn't you be able to whatever, whatever it is? Cause then you could really identify what's, what's trapping you. And so, yeah. I don't know, that, that was something that stood out to me. What, what do you feel like when you, especially because you probably deal with this a lot when you talk to new clients is where, where are those spots where they're like, ah, I get it. I, I really make this connection. Mm. There's a breakthrough. I understand my myth. Yeah, so far. And the program is designed this way. So far, I take them on a journey to explore their myths that they're living out the roles that they're playing in those myths, and from the beginning, ethics. What mm -hmm. are their true values? Mm -hmm. And then we tie them together. I call this visiting the Oracle. Now, for those who don't know who might be listening or watching, the Oracle was not just a character in the Matrix. Although <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was pretty badass. <laughs> she, the Oracle, the original Oracle, the OG Oracle, was the priestess of the god Apollo. She lived in a remote town called Delphi, or Delphi, could be pronounced either way. And you were allowed to go to her and ask her one question, one question only, and she would give you an answer. And mm. it was always true. Mm. And by the way, her, just as an interesting aside, all of her answers were transcribed, and we have them to this day. And they did come true. They did, startlingly so. So I believe that all of the mythological characters are really just representations of aspects within each of us. All of us have the oracle within. And so I have the clients go through a multi-step process in which they integrate the myths they're telling themselves with their values so that they can let that oracle speak to them. And then when the oracle speaks, they begin to understand their mission. We work to tighten that. And that is my way of answering your, your question. The aha moment happens when the oracle is spoken. Hmm. Hmm. I feel like there's still, okay. So here, let me try to explain this and maybe this will help for this context. Please. Uh, you have a whole process, which it sounds like it's so like, it's very detailed. It's very intricate. Mm -hmm. How do you create a standalone? How would you create a little standalone speech talk, something that w was a little bit more like uh, the entry point in <laughs> yeah I mean, there's the a little door ways. to the big door kind of thing. Yeah. That, and that's interesting. So there is a webinar that I have 
And that webinar basically boils every down to everything down to 35 minutes. And it really does simply say, look, this is the process by which I dis if you are suffering this problem, this is, which by the way, you've help me actually rethink how I frame it. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that as the conversation goes on, I'm sure. But it really is dislodging toxic myths so you can ignite the charisma within and then mm -hmm. magnetize and monetize professional freedom. And literally, I just go, these are the main points. Uh, we work to identify and dislodge the toxic myths. We visit the Oracle so you understand your mission. We uh, ignite the charisma within, and then we develop a professional freedom roadmap. Gotcha. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it, in a it way does. that makes any sense or is of any utility. No, no, it's really good. So there would, so the thing I'm talking about is probably one more dial down, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because if there's a, if there's a, if there's like this whole program and thing, and then and there's your body of work, and then there's like a webinar that kind of explains it. There's there's maybe one more down that's like TED Talk length, or it's like mm. could even be. I hate the word. I can't stand the phrase like your your elevator pitch or something I, I just yeah. I don't know I don't I'm not a fan of that but but it is kind of this distillation of making somebody I mean it's what all marketing is about right you yeah see an ad, you see an ad the ad might not say that much or and it's like oh I feel very attracted to that whatever that mm. feeling or that thing that I'm trying to mm. convey so the marketer in me is kind of like keep making the door a little bit smaller so that somebody could enter into it before they buy into the whole the bigger program bigger thing and it could be as simple as like you're living your life right now for sure with toxic myths if you can identify that mm -hmm. you are already like one huge giant leap step to to a freedom that you know mm -hmm. nothing about at the moment or so you know something I'm I'm kind of just distilling it on the moment. Yeah. Something in that no, I, I like it. I mean, really, when I think about who the appropriate person would be for this program, it's it is someone kind of, but it's not quite, it's not quite as well put as what you just described, to be absolutely candid, um, which is that if you're stuck or stagnant in your leadership or your career. Dislodging toxic myths to ignite the charisma within could lead you to magnetize and monetize professional freedom. That would probably be the best that I have, that I can come up with now that I've said that's most succinct, succinct. Boy, can, I'm pronouncing can, things like I'm only grade. <laughs> I really am only only ten. Really. <laughs> can, can you can you tell us a little bit more about the word charisma? Yes. Um, as we tie in what Kathy is saying, I've heard you say dislodge the toxic, toxic myths to ignite the charisma within. What made you choose that word charisma? What's what's the deeper meaning behind that? Mm -hmm. Charisma, as I define it, and it's a word that it has a, a lot of different definitions. So I believe in defining it for the purposes of any conversation that I'm in that's substantive at all. Charisma is the ability to magnetize a desired outcome in other words or in other words to command attention so that you could magnetize a desired outcome i differentiate that from entertainment which is the ability to command attention 
but merely for diversion. Mm -hmm. So my homie Post Malone is very good <laughs> at magnetizing my attention. So I'm distracted for three minutes while he's singing circles or whatever, <laughs> or talking about his enemies. I'm paying attention. But that's not leading to any outcome other right. than my diversion. On the other hand, both for good and for bad, leaders are able to magnetize, or I'm sorry, to command attention so as to lead to a desired outcome. In Hitler's case, the desired outcome was horrific. In Barack Obama's case, at least in his eyes and to the eyes of those that supported him, his uh, his desired outcome was positive. Mm -hmm. right. And so if you have connected to your mission, it's my philosophy going a little bit deeper, Mark, into the, your answer. Uh, if you've committed to your mission and you want to self-actualize, you ain't going to self-actualize or experience any sort of freedom if no one's paying attention to you. Mm -hmm. You could want to, you likely are going to want to transition into a different life phase if you realize you're unhappy and you've identified a different mission. But if absolutely no one will pay attention to you, the minute you come on and start talking, phones whip out or the channel switches, you aren't going to get there. And if you're in that transition, you need the ability to command that sort of attention all the more so because otherwise people aren't listening. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that is the best description of charisma I've ever freaking heard in my life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am hold serious, on to Scott. It for dear life. <laughs> no, it's so good. Like I'm because what a question mark. And then the answer was so mm -hmm. much more like to have the parallel of people doing things in the world. And I mean, you use Post Malone or any entertainer, but honestly, there's people walking around in their their jobs and in their life that are really. <laughs> their sole purpose is really just to divert or you know to enter yeah. sh shortly entertain i i was thinking of short entertainment like, i love that right like shortly yeah. entertain or yeah um because i think about comedians i enjoy listening to comedy but i know that there's no purpose there's no major purpose for it like some of the things that comedians say you're like oh my god you know i'm not gonna ever do that so it's not mm -hmm. like life advice it's just yeah it's observational. And in that moment, it's just kind of small entertainment, but, um, yeah, I mean, I keep going, Mark, I don't know if it's, I feel like a broken record at the moment, cause I'm kind of stuck in this space of like, I think this is all such a really powerful, like Scott, you have so much charisma yourself <laughs> and the way that you only because of Mark only <laughs> Mark does as well and, as do you and the way that you've brought this together and the way that you're teaching it to people I think is mm -hmm. phenomenal I I really would love that little hook the tiny hook yeah. the hook that hooks everybody even if they don't work with you because to me sometimes when I'm when I'm really thinking of like being the purveyor of a great idea or helping somebody get to that idea I think the best ideas in the entire world are ideas that can work for just about anybody, even if you're not the one that can provide the help. You know, does that make sense? Like oh, if you, yeah. you make somebody realize in this world that they are living toxic myths, it's not your job to help everybody get out of that. But I think step number one is 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 like the general idea is like, wow, you know, you could be living behind a bunch of myths and you should know that and that's kind of i don't know in my mind that's like level one i appreciate Kathy. that yeah 
Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead, Kathy. Mike. I was I was, I was going to say side note. You you what you just said made me think of smart goals, mm. right? Yeah. Because I mean, maybe I haven't done my research, but I couldn't tell you if you put me on the spot who actually came up with the whole concept, right? But it was so intended smart that everybody and anybody is teaching that concept can use it right? or understand it yeah right 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 and, well and there's Kathy thing, oh sorry Mar i was gonna say there's things in that even in that concept that were so specific which is again that's like level two when scott starts getting to the next level mm -hmm. when you start taking the acronym of smart and you're like specific measurable tame you know you start going down the list you're like oh that's why it's better than just goals <laughs> and so he might and that might be the thing too is like we're talking about myths and there might be myths but then he's he's specifically talking about like toxic myths or you know i don't know that's kind of where my brain goes is is that that there's this concept and everybody might be suffering from this and and as a great idea for the world we should all at least be aware of that well, that's why, Kathy, and I, I knew you were going there, and that's why I was picking up on word choice. You know, I'm always mm -hmm. curious about word yeah. choice, and that's why I asked you about charisma. And I think you kind of explained it, but I'm, I'm going to ask you about this other word choice and see if it gets us kind of closer to what Kathy is talking about. Magnetize. Mm -hmm. Monetize, I get. Mm-hmm. Right, we want more money, we want more income. Mm -hmm. Magnetize. Mm -hmm. What made you choose that word other than the fact that it starts with an M and monetize starts with an M and myth starts with an M? What made you choose magnetize? Why is that such an important word for people to get when it comes to your idea? Again, I'm going to answer with a story. I'll try and keep it brief. We love that. Yes. Brief or a story? Story. We, yeah, a brief story. story. <laughs> story. <laughs> Just keep it short, Mason. You've talked too we much. Would, Scott, we would prefer long data, uh, you know, uninteresting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me just start reading from my spreadsheet. Heaven, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, magnetize. You know, for a long time, while I was living out the darkest chapters of my toxic myths. I believed that the universe was merely, was neutral at best, but more likely hostile. Throwing bricks at me in particular, probably everyone else, whenever possible, and obstacles. And that the surest way to make sure that something didn't happen was to actually wish for it. And that the best way to experience obstacles was to attempt to go for something. And after I left these jobs that I was unhappy in and began to live out the very process that I walk my clients through, I went through what can only be described as a metaphysical revolution. And that revolution manifested itself by the fact that as I aligned 
more and more closely with my own inner Olympian. Opportunities, people, events, all attracted themselves to me. I was like a magnet for positivity, for charismatic people, for cool podcast opportunities, for the right type <laughs> of coaches and advisors and graphic artists and other people myself. And so magnetization to me is the word that best describes. I don't want people to think if they're aligned with my viewpoint that the world will necessarily be something that they are constantly grabbing to get their, uh, their monetization for, because that to me it leads to a furtherance of being trapped and stuck and stagnant and, and in Hades. Um, I want them to have and experience the world the way I do, which is the good stuff comes to you. It is magnetized. Wow. A magnet for positivity. Yeah. I wrote that down. I know. What, I, I, I have like two pages of Scott Mason, like... <laughs> word drops hey, you're like, gonna turn me into a quit machine <laughs> <laughs> and i, I thought i had a whole basket full with these gods i just toss out little descriptions I, of people too but this stuff is good i i think you've uh you've you've quipped a lot of stuff here of <laughs> scott this is really great mark and i are we're over here always writing stuff down writing down yeah um i wrote that down as well um becoming a magnet or, or no, I wrote become a magnet for positive forces. Yeah, but but or a magnet for positivity, and and it made me think about how are you attracting those things in your life, yeah, right? I, I thought that the, too. Right, the 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 job, the coaches, the mentors, the significant others, the the friends, the guides. Like, how do you do that, and how important is that, um, in, in terms of your mythological journey, um. Kathy, my question is to you. Mm -hmm. This, this, this of being a magnet for positivity. I know you wrote it down. How does how does that process for you? Because you were talking about earlier how you were, you know, just trying to get it to that to that small door. Yeah, get get the small door so that people can walk through and understand. Because Scott, you're like, again, you're the wealth of what's behind some of your doors is, mm. is very expansive. It's, it's a lot. It's great. I love, I love the magnetism piece and you're right. What I loved about and why I wrote it down is Scott, you said something that really made me think about who I am in other parts of my life. For instance, mm. you, you mentioned something about once you kind of realize the toxic you know, the toxic myths that you're living out. Mm. And then you kind of have something that you're going for. You say you're working with your clients. I think many times, and you can see this in professional athletes, you can see this in people that uh, maybe musicians, entertainers, or anybody that's achieved a, a grand amount of success. They really can't point to like, they can't say, Hey, this was like step a, B, C, and D. But what they can point to is the thing that you kind of described, which was like, when I focus on something and I'm doing this work and I'm heading this direction, the, the downfall, if you will, not actual downfall, but the, mm -hmm. the, what, what the collateral, you know, uh, 
awesomeness of, of what happened is it, of this work over here is the, the magnet of positivity, which mm-hmm. it's like, oh, all these things happen. I, I was able to do this. I was able to do that. That happened. I met this person. I'm on this podcast. I'm doing this thing. How, how would you ever explain that? You couldn't, you, you could only do it because you were, you, you were creating a force that was away from the toxic, yeah. you know, myth yeah. and, and the, what came from that was, you know, the byproduct of that was all this other stuff that that's what, that's where my brain's going with it, Mark mm-hmm. is. And I think, you know, I think the, the big thing that I was trying to get Scott to get down to, and what I would love to see this idea boiled down to is that is like that thing that the, that somebody listening to Scott for five minutes could go, Oh my gosh, boom. He blew my mind mm-hmm. up. I need to know more. I need to walk through door number two. I need to walk through door number three. I need to like, I want to hear him talk more and more and more. I want to, I want to discover all of these, uh, you know, concepts and principles he's talking about. Well, I'll tell you this much, Scott, if, if based on what Kathy said, there are a group of people thinking about how do I attract we'll call them the right people, whatever that means. How do we, how do I attract the right opportunities? How do I attract the right situations? Yeah, you've got my ears perked up. Right. Thinking then about, first of all, word choice really does matter mm-hmm. profoundly. Absolutely. And so, you're right. On some subconscious level, leaving aside the three M's, which again, that was part of the calculus. <laughs> Keeping it totally real. Okay, you busted that. Amazing. Yeah, you busted that open, Mark. Oops. But thinking about <laughs> thinking about then, well, still on a subconscious level, there's a zillion other M words. I could have used mud, muddy, right? How to muddy and magnetize professional freedom or anything. Uh, how to mollify, mortify, anything. I did choose magnetize why and so and thinking about well the transformational promise is professional freedom do you want to right magnetize positivity do you want to have these things come to you a magnet is a passive i don't want to i don't want to present passivity but a magnet again through the force through its own energetic force basically attracts things to it that are that are like and magnetic we know as a is, is a synonym in many respects for charisma which again charisma is commanding attention in order to magnetize and well, look the word is there in order to magnetize an opportunity and so thinking about then a hook and a first level being magnetizing professional freedom or magnetizing a better life or magnetizing something like that to to me based on what and it, I want to chew over and I want to hear what you all have to say about this, but magnetizing is a more powerful word than I might have appreciated because who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want to just be someone that stands in a room and all of a sudden all the gold and all of the jewelry, all the shiny stuff is coming at you? Who wouldn't? Right. That's that was at the core of this metaphysical revolution that's how i knew that's what caused me to understand that my life had changed and it is the is the base level question then uh, you know not wordsmithing at all but just 
con conceptual is the base level question. What are you magnetizing? Is that, is that the thing? Is that really the base level? Because on it, one, because on one end, if you're magnetizing all of this toxic stuff, because you believe it, you're being trapped mm -hmm. by it. You're being held hostage by it. You're still, you're, ma you magnetize it even more. I mean, if you believe that yeah. that's what you're supposed to have, it feels like you're, 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 you are magnetizing it. If you get rid of the block, you do the thing that you're talking about, Scott, it almost seems like you flip it and then you're over here and then, and then you're a magnet for positivity, for yeah. more knowledge and understanding, awareness, great things. What are you magnetizing? Yeah. What are you magnetizing? That's what I wrote down. I love I mean, that question. I do. I, I have to say I do too. And that would shut me up if I was magnetizing the wrong stuff. Yes. And if you, and you know shut what? me up, then right, you've got my attention. And, 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 and what I like about that question also is there's an accountability built into that question. Like we're not just talking about magnetic appeal. Like, oh, you know, Scott's so awesome. I want to be around him all the time. Cass, yeah. Kathy is so awesome. I want to be around her all the time. It's not, it's not like getting likes and, 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 you know, getting a whole bunch of people to like you and be popular. Um, but that whole idea about what are you magnetizing? What are you attracting in your life um, to give you the life that you want to have that is filled with that respect um, that, that, that Scott, you talked about earlier. I love that question. What are you magnetizing? I have to say also, and this is for anyone in this particular audience, one of the most challenging parts of any webinar or keynote, and Mark, I know you know this, Kathy, I don't know as much about your speaking career, but I've seen Mark speak. I, I, that's how I first got to know him, and it, it made an impression. I'll just say that. Mm -hmm. But the, is that first statement? Mm -hmm. And so you're right. Mm -hmm. This is the intro. Mm -hmm. What are you magnetizing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then mic and if, drop as that audience processes it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like leave that, leave that space. I could see you if you that was opening line, leave like a really extra long, extra uncomfortable for the audience, not for you so much, but space to let people process that and really think about it yeah. and then i could see you explaining the 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 two different sides of the coin on this side you could be absolutely magnetizing much to your despair all of these things that you might believe that are toxic myths but if you're magnetizing something good so it's a powerful force whether it's for bad or for good it's yeah. super powerful and you want to you want to be on the good side of that so i could see you easily just getting to people like just quickly getting right to the heart of the matter, getting people on the same page with you so that then they want to keep going with that. Like, okay, mm -hmm. like, awesome. Tell me more. Like, how do I, like, if I'm magnetizing the wrong things and there's this, uh, oh, okay. And then Scott, you, Scott, you're kind of like, well, then there's this whole thing. Like there's a whole Greek mythology and there's like five toxic, you know, you, that, there's so much more behind yeah. that. But the level one question is just that, Thing yeah. that we could all understand without any explanation yeah yeah and i gotta tell you as, as somebody 
you know, you talk about being an educator and an English teacher, there definitely was a, a, a year or two where I taught mythology. I think I actually had to teach it to 10th graders. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what fascinates me about this question as well, and, and the whole idea is, when I often think about mythology, I think about fate. Things happen to you by fate. Mm. But this concept is not about fate. It's not. It's about controlling that destiny. And part of it is about, again, taking accountability, not for what is coming into your life, but for what you are magnetizing into your life. So I just, I just really wanted to emphasize that accountability part because I think that's a part of the transformation for anybody in the audience. If we often think that life is just happening to me, you know, like I just have a screwed up life. Like why doesn't things work out for me like they work out for Kathy? Yeah. She's so lucky. The gods are on her side, right? Yeah. Um, and if you go into that, then there's nothing you can do about it. But this whole idea that you've turned it around is- That's the doomsday hmm. one, by the way. I'm getting good at this, Scott. I right? love that you remember it. <laughs> it is, I was thinking that exact I'm thing. I'm a good student. <laughs> <laughs> or even the tragic origin when you think about That's it. That's true too, depending on, yep, yep. Yeah, but, but the other very thing- Very fatalistic, I know, thank you, Mark. <laughs> yeah, and it is interesting though, because when you think about it, and there's been some great scholarship. There's an author, a Harvard mythologist by the name of Gregory Nagy, who's written extensively about this. The fundamental meta view of the heroic narrative is that the hero makes a choice. Mm -hmm. They decide, for instance, in the, in the myth of Hercules, what happens is he's banished to the wilderness because he's strong and violent and all this sort of stuff. And then two spirits appear out of the woods and they asked him whether he would like to live a life that is easy but prosperous or glorious but full of struggle. And he chooses the latter, then the spirits disappear. And of course, as people who know Greek mythology may know, Hercules then went through 12 labors before he was able to experience his own apotheosis. He made a choice. The same with almost all of the major heroes, Achilles on down. There is some sort of prophecy that they have to choose to act upon. So accountability is within the mythology, within the mythological system. But it is interesting. People tend to view the myths as propagating this passive view so perhaps even another twist that could bring into this because i'm all about surprises is making sure that people understand that the the idea that the fates will just toss a dice and you are this that and the other that is a toxic myth and it isn't even supported by the greeks themselves mm. it is the underworld myth or the doomsday myth or the all of these myths almost I just wrote down that life is not attracted to you, but you attract life. Mm. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. You you just dispelled the myth about what people think about mythology. <laughs> that's, nice. Now that's meta. <laughs> that's meta, yep, that's incestuous. That's like, <laughs> yeah, I, um... awesome. Well, as we kind of, it, well, you know, it's so funny. I think you said it at some point, Scott, and, and, and this, to me, this is the beauty of what Mark and I do for, you know, with many people and for a living and on the show and 
this is like this is why our show is like kind of pulling back the curtain and going these are the con- these are the kind of the exact conversations that we have with people even when they already have a fully played out they might have a book already they might have no. like they might already be teaching it we get to sit and have these conversations with people that are like well how would you bring it to the world like how are you know how would you best you know talk about this idea and so I love the conversation that we went through. And this is not abnormal by any um, means that it could take an entire conversation to get to something so simple, but yet so powerful. Here's a little nugget to throw at you, Ms. Kathy. All right, I'm accepting nuggets. (laughs) You've just dislodged a toxic myth, the ritual myth. Because what's happening and what happens to a lot of people is you are simply living out a ritual, repeating whatever your mantra is, because that's, for whatever historical reason, your business or your coaching practice or your whatever emerged using that. The the justification for it or the excuse for it ultimately becomes the justification. The reason why it exists becomes your justification for continuing it in order to break out of the toxic myth then of the ritual one needs to be able to ask those questions why are you engaging in this particular ritual it may have originated for xyz reason but yo today's a different day (laughs) get it together Burn your offering somewhere else, please. Mark, did you hear that? I got, I just got, I just got to tell you, I got two points. If we're counting, you got points, I got two, just twice. Plus, want to let you know that. (laughs) And a smiley face. (laughs) And an A plus. And, and I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah. So, so Scott, I'm curious, you know, we've had this conversation, we've went, we went in so many cool places. You, you kind of dropped so much knowledge on us. I love the five toxic myths. I know this, what will be going through my mind as I navigate my world around me, you know, in the upcoming days, weeks, I'll be thinking like, what myth am I trapped behind right now on this? Like, why, what am I doing here? And, and, and then I'll be thinking about that question. What am I, what am I magnetizing in my life right now? Yeah. Am I magnetizing this? Is it good? Is that what I want? Is that, you know, yeah. um, but how has this, since we've started talking, how, how has your idea evolved or changed in your own mind? I could say a lot. First of all, thinking conceptually about that first level question Mm -hmm. from a long-term strategic perspective and a business building perspective, really even having that question out there is perhaps the most profound of them all. I am many things. Am I a marketer? No, with a thunderbolt. (laughs) So... (laughs) So no. that, <laughs> so <laughs> let's just get that out there. And that itself is transformative and something that's helpful to think about, number one. Number two, the power of deep diving into questions and seemingly tying in questions that might be disparate, like what is charisma, into a deeper theme. The number three, again, examining language. We choose things for a reason. As often as not, these reasons have a surface rationalization, but a deeper subconscious uh, 
beneath the waters, icebergish reason for existing. And what you all did was reminded me with regards to one word. And interestingly enough, when it's come to my pitching and my thinking about the program, magnetizing has been a word that's been sublimated. So what you did was you, you dislodged a toxic myth about the word magnetism itself. Magnetism went from Hades to hmm. Mount Olympus. Mark, you just got a big old check for that. I'm going to tell you that. That was, Man, yeah. that was your no, check. No. We're, we're going to take both parts of the check because I asked about the word and then you came up with the question. So uh, there, there's got to be a, a myth about two tag team gods and goddess, goddesses. Yeah. What, 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 is, what, is, what, how do Mark and I fall into that? Because we're like, we're the wonder twin powers, right? Well, we activate. Activate. <laughs> I'm seeing some Artemis and Apollo here. Oh, there were Artemis twin and gods, and I'm seeing a little bit of a pantheon on this call. Oh, so, look at yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> God, yeah. Um, oh no, this was so great, Scott. Thank you for. Thank you. Wow, that is probably the best summary of what you have taken away and how it's kind of evolved and changed in your mind. And I, I think that I would love, I cannot wait to see how you evolve and grow that smaller door, as I kind of called yeah. it. I can't wait to see how that question creates a very powerful uh, place in what you do. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to show up phenomenally in your work. I will say one last little thing today, and I'll try and make it epic. I've magnetized something great today. What? And that's what my program is all about. <laughs> that was very epic. Scott, we that oh, was we, epic. We have to we have to end on that. That is such a mic drop. Oh, I love that. Scott, that was so great. So great. All right, Scott. So some our our audience has been watching you and they want to know about magnetism and they want to know what, what they've been magnetizing in their life and they want to kind of follow you and, and and hear more of what you've got to say where are they going to find you at so i'm on linkedin at the myth slayer uh, that's my handle not scott mason the myth slayer one word every day i post something relating a specific greek mm. myth to a transformational lesson. And I try and add some pretty fun pictures or videos too. So on LinkedIn, you'll see it at the handle that I just gave you on Instagram. It's s.scott underscore Mason. My website is myfreedomrocks.com because freedom does rock. Freedom does rock. Oh, <laughs> love that. Nice. Awesome. Put that on a shirt. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, hey. Freedom rocks. <laughs> and yours should too. That should be in there, like right under, right? Little thing. Awesome. Well, for everybody watching, thank you for um, watching. If you have an idea that you're like, wow, I was listening to Scott and I was thinking about all of my, you know, what I'm magnetizing and I want to magnetize an idea into the world. And Mark and Kathy need to talk to me about that. Please find us at our website, which is it's about to go down show.com. Or if you know somebody that should be talking to us, we'd love to have you on the show. Scott, you have, I love what you said. You've magnetized a great show here, great information. And 
I, um, I can't wait to see where this ultimately ends up. So thanks for being on our show and for everybody watching, you know, every time we're always out there talking and all we're trying to do is get all of these ideas to get out there. Cause it's about to go down. <laughs>